You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk UNLV at KUNV 91.5. I'm your co-host, Alicia. And Tanya. And today we're here with Dr. Marinella Marsuki. Mascuti. Why? Why? <laughs> and I know you, which is sad because yeah. I pronounce your name right all the time except today, but it's okay. No problem. We're going to flow with imperfection. <laughs> yes. We're just going to flow it, with it. imperfection. Welcome back. Thank Welcome you. Welcome back. It's good to have you back on the show. I would like to give you an opportunity to give you to give us your new origin story. Yeah. As uh, some things have changed since the last time that we met. So tell us about this new life that you have. All right. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here, you know, to uh, speak with all of you and be in this part of this uh, opportunity. So, again, um, you know, excited to be here. I recently graduated from UNLV with my doctor in public policy. (laughs) 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 Wes, we need to insert some clapping music right there. Yep, right there. (laughs) Real clapping. Like some chairs, like an applause, a crowd. Thank you. And my focus was health policy. You know, um, when I got involved in, in, in health in general, I had the opportunity to work for clinical studying and health administration, and then I had the opportunity to transition and focus in health from a higher educational standpoint at UNLV. And so it was wonderful, and I had a master's in public health, but I thought, you know, how can you incorporate change? How do you mm-hmm. take an existing issue, a problem, and really implement, you know, a solution? And that's through policy. And so I'm excited to have that degree now. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to completing my doctorate in public policy, I also work for now Nevada System of Higher Education, Prior to that role, I served at UNLV with Dr. Tanya Crabb. I was a wellness educator, but uh, I recently had the opportunity to take on a role as a mental health wellness officer, where I oversee a grant to support mental health initiatives on campus, not only for UNLV, um, but all of the institutions. And we're looking to, and this is, you know, a pilot program. We're looking to support any mental health programming, training, not only for students, but faculty and staff, because at the end of the day, you have to look at your providers. You have to look at your faculty. You have to look at your professors. You have to address what's going on with them as well. And so how do we collectively support mental health? And that's what my role is about. Oh, I love that. And I am 100% here for the glow up. (laughs) (laughs) And for those who are listening, we need to let you know that our topic today is national depression and mental health screening. So we're going to be talking about that month. This is, Mm -hmm. if correct me if I'm wrong, this is the national depression and mental health month, right? Absolutely. Mental health awareness. That's what it's all about. Wonderful. Yes, yes. And so, um, As with all topics, mental health, we just want to give people an opportunity to know that if for some reason something that comes up during this podcast is particularly triggering for you due to your history or anything else, maybe it's an experience that's happening in your household or your family, please do take the time and the opportunity to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Do what you need to take care of yourself. Step away if you need to step away. Call someone if you need to call someone. Um, But do what you need to take care of yourself. You know, we just always want to put that out there. So... All right. All right. Thank you so much. We definitely need to make sure we give that disclaimer. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that, Dr. Tanya. All right, let's jump right into this exciting podcast. Let's talk with some talking points. Why should someone consider getting a mental health screening? 
Why is it important? Well, you know, mental health in general is uh, something that I think, in my opinion, has been a topic that's been around forever. However, I think the attention, the awareness, the focus just hasn't been there. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, given the onset of the pandemic and other personal struggles that I think a lot of people go through, not only on a personal level, but also on a professional level and so forth, you know, it triggers a lot of mental health concerns that are often at times a silent struggle for Mm, many individuals. And not just for adults, but for children, for teens, preteens. Everyone, I think, is, you know, could be in this type of scenario where they're struggling for mental health. So it's so important um, just to give you all some additional facts and figures. You know, 90 percent of public uh, believe that there is a mental health crisis within the U.S. And that's quite substantial. Ninety percent of our population believes that. But what are we doing about it? How are we addressing it? Um, You know, and. To add to that, 47% of our young adults have considered seeking help, but unfortunately, you know, half of those adults, 18 to 24 years old, you know, haven't sought help for some of those, uh, you know, triggers such as anxiety or depression, especially within within 2023. So it's so important that, you know, we take the opportunity to address these concerns, these factual figures, and that we're taking proactive measures to really start with not only advocating for mental health, but raising awareness and educating the public as well. I love that. And can I just add one more thing? Um, Where can someone who's interested or feels like they need a screening, where can they go to get a screening, mental health screening? You know, there's there's so many opportunities. I always say start with your medical provider, your family doctor, your family care provider. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, a lot of people don't know this, but their insurance provider, whether it's through work, whether it's through school, whatever the case is, by law, uh, actually as a result of Obamacare, by law as of 2010, all insurance providers do provide coverage for mental health or behavioral health. And so I always say start with that. Call your insurance provider. Look at the back of your insurance card because oftentimes, in addition to that phone number for medical care, mm-hmm. there's a behavioral care phone number. If it's not there, call your main number and they will connect you to that department. By law, you are provided those resources. Now, in addition to accessing those resources through your insurance, there's also a lot of organizations out there, whether it's through your work through your school, through your institution. There's a lot of nonprofit organizations and resources that um, a lot of individuals can start with educating themselves, understanding what's going on with some of the mental health concerns they might be experiencing, and then being connected to additional resources thereafter. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. You know, that's a really wonderful question. <clears throat> and thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I think uh, what happens a lot of times with especially depression is people assume that they're alone and that mm. they're the only ones that are suffering and struggling with depression. Um, I believe I shared on a previous podcast something <laughs> that was really powerful for me was during COVID-19. Um, I heard a, a, I heard a Michelle Obama say on air that she'd suffered from, from low-level depression. I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm. Like, that's a thing that mm-hmm. can happen to people yeah. who have money and, Shocker, and, right? and, oh my and God. resources. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to be clear, depression is not just sadness. Mm-hmm. You know, depression is more than just sadness. Depression is a depressed mood for over two weeks, poor concentration, excessive guilt, low self-worth. Hopelessness about the future is a really big component of depression. Disrupted sleep patterns. It can be sleeping too much. It can be sleeping too little. Mm. You mean changes in appetite. A lot of people have appetite fluctuations where they eat a l- eating more or less. Um, and it can it's pervasive. You know, it impacts everything that you do in your life. And furthermore, for a lot of people with depression, they're also accompanied by sometimes suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. So it's important to note that we all have emotional mood fluctuations. We all get sad from time Mm -hmm. to time. But depression is a sadness that sticks. And it's a sadness that is is disruptive Mm -hmm. in your life. It 
it impacts the way you do your schoolwork. It impacts your relationships. It's a more pervasive form of sadness than just I'm having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to put that out there. And to add to that, you know, depression can also be mild. It can be moderate or it can be severe. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just having a bad day. And they kind of tend to ignore it if it's on the low level, you know, yeah, depression so side. Um, and granted, you know, I think we have a lot going on, right, that we often kind of put our self-mental health concerns off to the side. And mm-hmm. we're just like, you know what? I don't think that's a priority, but we need to make that a priority. We need to take a minute and say, you know what? Something's not right. Something's not normal within my life. There's a disruption of some sort, as Dr. Tanya Crabb mentioned, you know, whether it's poor concentration, whatever it is that's maybe preventing you, preventing you from you know, functioning each and every day, it's something that you should look into. Just like if you have a fever, if you're not feeling well, those are warning signs, right? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, if we see warning signs or recognize them, then we tend to follow up and make an appointment or schedule an appointment. Well, that's how we need to consider mental health. And mental health is also something where if you, you know, know those warning signs, then follow up with additional appointments and see who you need to go to for help. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And I'm so glad you defined that because I'm telling you, not just myself, but many people who are listening don't really know how to identify or to define what that looks like. What is actual depression? Amazing. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've I've heard people describe depression as sort of having a boulder strapped to your leg. Mm -hmm. It prevents you from moving forward. Simple tasks such as I want to brush my teeth. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get up this morning become that much harder and one of the challenges with depression is that you know the self-critic and the external critic which people are just get over it why Mm -hmm. can't you just get over it you know why can't you just not be sad why can't you just have a positive attitude because depression doesn't work like that and Mm -hmm. for some people you know for a lot of people depression is a biological drive it's Mm -hmm. something that's happening in your brain chemistry Mm -hmm. that is causing you to be depressed so it's not just a simple I'm going to make myself happy. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, there are different, like like Dr. Mascuti, <laughs> like Dr. Mascuti <laughs> um, mentioned, there are, there are different levels of depression, mm-hmm. and sometimes depression is extremely severe, and sometimes what's required is not just therapy, you know, it, and not just behave, you know, going out and doing things, but also maybe medication. Mm-hmm. But it depends, mm-hmm. and you won't know that unless you get screened. Absolutely. Screening is so important. You know, when it comes to knowing what signs to look for, when it comes to knowing, you know, what factors to be aware of, um, screening is so important. And again, that starts through different aspects, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you can meet with your family provider or whether you can meet with a therapist. And again, those can be in person or virtual. You don't necessarily have to meet with a provider in person, right? You can virtually meet with someone and talk about your feelings, talk about your concerns, express, you know, what you're going through. And then from there, they would have strategic steps that you can follow so that you can start beginning to address some of those mental health concerns you know, for example, depression and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, now, you know, in addition to screening, once you know, you know, whether it's yourself or someone that you are concerned about, once you know what they may be going through, it's important to advocate, not mm-hmm. only for your health, right, but for someone else. And how do you do that? Well, for, in my opinion, when, it, you know, coming from public health background, it starts with education. It starts with learning what are those symptoms, learning what are those factors, understanding, you know, what it is to look out for. Because, for example, we're kind of like from a very early age we're told if you're sick if you have a fever you know that's something you take care of right you're those are more common known about talked about symptoms right however when it comes to mental health some of those symptoms are hindered whether it's stigma 
whether it's some other concern, whether it's culture, whether it's lack of understanding, embarrassment, guilt, whatever those feelings are that tend to prohibit you or someone else from understanding or going through a screening process, you know, those are important. And it starts with advocating for yourself and others. And that's through education, through an Mm -hmm. understanding of what depression, what mental health consists of and how to move forward from there. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then what about when so all of us were busy? I mean, I, everyone in this studio right now is probably wearing about seven to ten hats <laughs> daily. And we just exchange, you know, and it becomes normal for many of us. And like you said, we sometimes um, neglect um, mm-hmm. taking care of our mental health. I know I have been guilty in the past where, you know, if I get a fever, if I'm not feeling well, I do automatically. OK, let me check in with my physical well-being. Mm-hmm. But mentally, I'm, it just becomes the normal. It's OK to function in this way. Um going from zero to 10 on a daily basis. Shortly after I learned that that's, it wasn't good for me and I got burnt out and I was wondering why I was having all these signs and symptoms mm-hmm. and then um, not knowing how to manage um, the feelings of depression or anxiety and feeling um, overwhelmed. So what are some ways that you can help manage when you're feeling overwhelmed or when you're feeling depressed or you're experiencing some forms of anxiety? How do, what are some tools you can share with the listeners to yeah. manage this? Absolutely. So, um, you know, once you understand and really, you know, uh, hone in on what's going on with yourself or someone that you're close to that you're concerned about, I would say the next step is really to speak to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to uh, schedule an appointment with a therapist. Oftentimes, a lot of our uh, organizations or works provide um, employee assistance programming mm-hmm. resources. So again, speaking to someone, that's what it starts with, right? Whenever you're struggling with mental health, begin with speaking to a therapist, right? To talk about what are some of your concerns concerns. What are you going through? How to address some of those concerns? Oftentimes, when we tend to bury a lot of our feelings, they tend to then, after so much time has gone by, Mm. they tend to essentially come through physical, you know, ailments, Mm. right? There is that correlation between mind-body medicine, that whatever mentally you're going through, oftentimes if it's a struggle mentally, it will incorporate to a physical ailment. And so I always say, start with a therapist, speak to somebody, understand what's going on, check your breathing, you know, check what's going on with your physical well-being. And um, often when you meet with a therapist, they will provide, you know, ways to cope with some of the stressors that are in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Oftentimes, a lot of in my personal opinion, whenever I've worked with students at UNLV mm-hmm. or when I work with staff, you know, on behalf of ENSHI, um, oftentimes I also tell them, you know, journal some of your thoughts. You know, be mindful of what you're feeling, what you're going through. What are some of those concerns? What are some of those stresses? Oftentimes writing them down is similar to speaking about it, right? Oh, wow, because you're absolutely. taking your thoughts that are buried inside your head, but you're expressing them through a lingual process, through writing them down. Um, in addition to journaling, speaking with the therapist exercise is so important I know a lot of times people don't think about that physical component mm-hmm. that removes some of those stressors that build up and makes you feel heavy right makes you feel like you can't get up every morning mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of you know coping factors um, you know again being mindful of other things how are you breathing you know is it heavy do you need to incorporate more you know de-stressful breathing into your morning routine or evening routine meditation is another factor also um, visual 
guidance from what I recently learned about is another factor as well, where you essentially visualize things that maybe incorporate, you know, calmness in your life. You visualize something that incorporates that, you know, de-stressor factor. So there's so many ways that you can uh, practice methods to cope with some of those, you know, concerns. But now, in addition to seeking a therapist, you can also partake in training, right? So I just kind of want to talk about that and what yes. NGI is doing to support it. Please do. All right. <laughs> so as I mentioned before, I'm overseeing a mental health federal grant that was um, implemented for NSHE, and that when I say NSHE, I mean system-wide. Not only NSHE system administration office, which is where I'm located, but all of the institutions, including UNLV, UNR, Great Basin College, TMCC, mm. and so forth. And what that grant is providing is not only training support, and that training is for mental health first aid, QPR, and also suicide awareness and prevention training. Now, I'll talk more about that in a second. But we're also providing support for individual programs within each of the institutions that provide mental health resources and programming. For example, we have some of the institutions in Nevada that are located within rural communities, like Great Basin College, right? Um, you know, they are in the northeast part of the Nevada, I think, if I'm correct, if I'm correct, from a geographical <laughs> standpoint. My point is, they're about five, six hours away from UNR, from a major city like Reno, where they can access resources for mental health, resources for physical health, and so forth. And so I actually had the opportunity to visit them, and I asked them, I said, you know, um, before implementing this grant, I said, what are you specifically doing for mental health resources? How are you supporting the students? And they said, well, you know, before this grant, we couldn't provide that support. They don't have in-house resources, right? But wow. through this grant, in addition to the training that I'll talk about, they're also looking to implement um, virtual mental health resources so that if a student, faculty, or staff comes and says, hey, listen, you know, um, I'm experiencing some concerns with mental health, they can say, well, look into this resource as opposed to, I'm sorry, I can't help you. You have to look into your community. So we're, we're looking to support initiatives, right, to not only train, but also provide resources that aren't there. Now, from a training perspective, as, as I mentioned earlier, we're providing training that really educates an individual on what to look out for. What are the symptoms? What are those concerns? When it comes to mental health, sometimes, especially with our loved ones, we don't understand or realize it, or maybe we don't want to see it because mm -hmm. that means we know something's going on. Um, and also, a lot of people, even if they see those symptoms, they don't know how to approach that person. They don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to say something that may trigger something else, mm -hmm. and then therefore they feel like, you know, they kind of caused it or whatever yeah. the situation is. So a lot of people are not prepared how to respond, mm -hmm. how to address mental health concerns, depression especially, right? Mm -hmm. And so training in mental health first aid, QPR, and suicide awareness prevention, which is what we're doing and sponsoring for all of the institutions, we are providing training both at a virtual level, but also in person, where students, faculty, and staff take these courses and are taught how to respond, what questions to follow up with if their loved one or colleague or friend is suddenly going through some mental health concern. They're taught how to respond, not only how to respond, but then how to connect them with the next resource so that they don't feel like they just kind of opened up their heart and mm -hmm. opened up you know, their concerns, and then all of a sudden they walk away without anything, right, mm -hmm. without any additional follow-up support. So they're taught about all of these uh, tools and skill sets so that they can appropriately respond and help someone as they go through whatever they're going through. And I always say to anyone that I connect with, you know, when it comes to either therapy or training, these are all tools and skill sets that we need to, you know, throughout time, get back into it and utilize, right? When it comes to mental health or depression, it's not a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes some of us may feel 
you know, sad and maybe going through some mental health concerns right now and then recover, great. But oftentimes that could happen again. So just know that, you know, these are just ways and tools that you can manage your mental health concerns. And just like you get sick periodically, sometimes mental health concerns happen periodically. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of recognizing it and knowing what tools to use to address it as they happen. Oh, I love that. So one of the things that I hear, which is really important, is awareness. Mm. Checking in with yourself, mm-hmm. paying attention to what might seem like a non-traditional sy- sy- symptom. So mm. is the reason that you're having stomach pains, is the reason that you're having issues with your body, is that tied to your mental health? Absolutely. So I love the idea of looking in and checking. And also, to your point, when you were talking about journaling, that's another way to be aware mm. of what's going on with you internally so that you, you're noticing when there's a shift in your mood or there's a shift in, in how you feel. I really love the idea of building your own mental health coping toolkit, Mm -hmm. which is what I heard you saying, you know, so figuring out what works for you. Does going outside work for you? Does meditation work for you? Does exercise Mm -hmm. work for you? Because, you know, those endorphins can lift mood, Mm -hmm. you know. Absolutely. One of my favorite tools is dance. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she loves all music. I mean, your buddy often going, right? Those endorphins. They've done studies, actually, Mm -hmm. that dancing improves depression. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Unchoreographed dancing is good depression. And music, you know, and art. Mm -hmm. So there's a number of different ways to try and and help to improve your mood Mm -hmm. in addition to finding out if there's something else that might be necessary to improve your mood. Yes, absolutely. And I also love the idea about not only giving resources but building resources, which is what I hear what you're saying with the training. Yeah. Is not only are we providing resources but we're providing more people who have the knowledge and the ability to support and help others we're struggling with mental health. So it's I love everything about that. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. So um, how would someone get connected with you? Oh, also, can you for our our listening audience, because I I know what it is, but (laughs) QPR, can you explain what QPR stands for? Mm -hmm. And also share, uh, I believe it's question, persuade, refer, correct? Yes. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. Okay, so well, you know we love acronyms, right? We do. <laughs> so we have an acronym for everything. It's hard to keep up nowadays. Yes. <laughs> but what, what did you say? Can you state that again? Um, Question, Tanya? persuade, refer, gotcha. and so it's it's a, a a method of dealing with people who may have suicide ideation mm-hmm. because a lot yeah. of these, in addition to depression, talk about how to have those uncomfortable conversations with your loved ones mm. in order to help them if they may in fact be feeling suicidal. Mm-hmm. or planning to hurt themselves in some way. So I think it's question, persuade, refer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. I, uh, yes. Okay. Um, so how would someone get connected to these resources? How would someone sign up for a class, mm-hmm. for example, or you know, find out what classes are available? Yeah, that's a really good question. So one of the best ways that um, anyone of interest can connect with these resources is looking into your Counseling Psychological Services Department, also known as CAPS. Um, ultimately, you know, a lot of these initiatives that are being funded through the grant are being managed by the counseling services within each of the institutions. So as I mentioned earlier, UNLV CAPS or UNR CAPS or some of the other institutions, counseling services, they are the uh, main point of contact. Um, and overall, they're the ones who are overseeing and managing these resources and training. So reach out to them and see what trainings are coming up, what resources they have available, and then take it from there. Awesome. And, you know, as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking, you know, just a few, several, well, just a few years ago, 
mental health wasn't a major topic. I want to know just from an expert, you know, perspective, what do you think has helped us to evolve into the space that we're in now? Because I do, I'm not saying that we fixed it, but I do believe that there's more awareness, more education and visibility that has been shed on the mental health, you know, um, awareness issues. So what do you think, and this is just for all of us, you know, pretty much, I'm not the expert, but I know Dr. Tanya, you can speak to this, and I know that you can as well. How have we evolved, and do you think that we've come a long way? And then what would you like to see us in the future when it comes to this particular topic? You know, honestly, I, I would I would say not necessarily expertise, but observation. Mm. Like, Gen Z is about that life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. I, that, I have to say that this new generation mm-hmm. of individuals do not view mental health through the same negative lens. No. And I don't know if it's because there's been more exposure, like shows that feature counselors. or, But, but I noticed that students are telling each other that they're receiving services and recommending mm. each other to go to services yes. and like talking about it out loud. You know, oh, there was a time... You know, because as a psychologist, you know, with students, I'm not allowed to like wave at you in the middle of the corridor because I can't blow you up. Oh wow! But mm-hmm. these children are waving to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Doctor Tanya. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's not a stigma anymore. It's like no, no I don't want to say. You know, yeah. that's amazing. So they're waving. Huh? Yes. It's, yeah. We're no longer that's... the dirty little secret. Yeah. Don't tell anyone I'm seeing counselors. Exactly. Like, I was like, oh yeah, my counselor is the bomb. And right. Work wonders for you. Yeah. So I think there's a generational shift Mm -hmm. that's happening across the spectrum with the younger people being more engaged and enlightened. And I think that that's trickling down. So I don't have, I'm sure there is data to support it somewhere. I did not bring it with me. (laughs) Um, But that's the one thing that I've noticed is that um, there's just less stigma around it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think to add to that, unfortunately, there's been a lot of, you know, recent world events that I think have contributed to amplifying mental health Absolutely. concerns, mm-hmm. right? You know, the pandemic and other things. And, you know, coming from public health pe- uh, spectrum, I mean, public health in general, I think, is definitely on the rise right now in terms of awareness and recognition. But mental health, along with that, what's happening is so important to recognize, you know, some of the concerns and some of the challenges that these world events are bringing up in people. And then how do we address that moving forward as opposed to continue to ignore it, you know, from an old-fashioned standpoint? For sure. And you know what else? I've seen a lot of public figures you know you have your celebrities your actors and that actresses yes. and they're Shining coming out yes and, and yes. saying you know oh i'm starting you know i struggle with this and when we're looking from a different lens we can say and identify that hey that's me too Listen. you know so i just i really applaud those who have a, a major platform or who are public figures who have Absolutely. stepped out and mm. shared openly that they struggle with some Absolutely. of the same issues yeah so yeah. simone biles is like my like yeah my, oh yes every she's single my friend do not even know every t- oh, she is my <laughs> she's my pretend best friend yeah. she just don't know <laughs> i talk about her like we friends like, yeah oh my god like, did you hear what she said oh my goodness oh, my god. Tonight, let her know that was good look at her shutting it down yeah. yes look at her overcoming Taraji P. Henson she's yes. another one yeah her wellness I mean she's really like oh. you know and Viola Davis yes oh I yeah. love her oh my goodness love, love. These, yeah. these powerful humans talking yes. about the realities of life and, and powerful mental women, health you know, yes oh, that part mm-hmm. yeah. that part and you know to your point to your point um, Dr. Muscuti I was going to call you Nala, but... I love it. I was going to try to pronounce it. I said, I'm going to butcher it. I forgot you yet, Doctor. Three times. <laughs> to, to your point, you know, we have been a nation in crisis for mm-hmm. a long time. 
you know, as far back as yeah. 9-11, like this generation oh. is growing up with a host of different mental health challenges yes. so true. than the ones before them. I, yeah. I did not have to worry about getting hurt in my school. That wasn't a thing. I, well, but maybe no. maybe a bully, you know. Can, right, can that's hurt. about it. That's right. about, I maybe beat up on the way home. But not that but mass not, shootings. But like and, a whole other level now. Yeah. Like, you know, worries. And yes. Stuff. And yeah. those, you know, personal Incidents. attacks versus public attacks exactly. is a whole other thing. So I think you're right. I think, and because of that, now mental health is seen as more valuable. Mm -hmm. mm. Whereas back in the day, it was like, ugh, therapy. Right, you crazy. Like, I knew I grew up in a house over like, no, you're crazy oh, yeah. if you need oh, some no. help, if you want to go see someone. Oh, my God. Mm. It was such a stigma. Mm. Mm -hmm. Coming from Eastern Europe, family. same thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like, they just don't support it. Mm -hmm. uh, Jamaicans, you don't put your business in the street. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you right. go, how you well, go, go here out to dirty laundry? Yeah. Yeah. What well, goes on in this house stays in this uh -huh. house, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So you don't tell strangers mm. your business. Exactly. Mm. Come on, I love the accent too. Yeah, I'm into so, it. Yeah. So we want to give you the opportunity to have the last word. Is mm -hmm. there something that you would like to share with our listeners before we check out? Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, again, uh, this whole topic, this whole conversation is all about mental health awareness, National Depression Month. And so start with screening yourself. Start with educating yourself. Start with advocating for your own wellness, not just your physical wellness, but your mental wellness at all uh, as well. Um, keep in mind that mental health doesn't mean something's wrong. Mental health is like physical health. It just means checking in on what's going on with yourself mentally and then following through with whatever you need to do to make sure that you address any concerns that you might be experiencing. So um, continue Continue to look into resources, whether that's CAPS, whether that's training, you know, or programs that are offered on campus. Um, again, I'm very excited to oversee this program where we're supporting initiatives for mental health. So please continue to be a part of it. You know, while we offer programs, it's only successful if we have participants. It's only successful if people utilize these benefits, these programs, so that moving forward, we can say, you know, not only to NSHE and the Board of Regents and the federal government, we can say, listen, the support was wonderful. We did this. We did that. Now we want more. We need mm. to provide ongoing support, ongoing work. And it starts with us and being part of that. Love okay. it. And that's a wrap. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. For more Let's Talk UNLV, be sure to follow us on social media where you can get the latest updates on the show plus great behind-the-scenes content. We're on Facebook at Let's Talk UNLV Podcast, Twitter at Let's Talk UNLV, and Instagram at Let's Talk UNLV Pod.